Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Advertising Show is being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit online at adage.com. The Advertising Show, a big radio midgets production. And boy, do we have a bunch of great stuff for you today. Uh, first of all, we'll start off with a great guest, Suzanne Lyons, CMO of Visa USA out of San Francisco. And we'll be talking uh, with Suzanne both uh, this hour and next hour. And uh, just a few moments away from Joe Jaffe's different perspective. And Joe's telling us to get gaming, Brad. So, uh, I don't know. I don't game. Me neither. Okay, but people do. So, let's uh, let's see what that's all about. And uh, Patrick Meyer, the Marketing Insider, our number two, is going to be with us. Um, Jeffrey Gittimer is always a great segment of the show, eliminating objections. Andy Borowitz uh, has a thing, and it's a take on the uh, the war. The, you know the one we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, it's it's all about an army of one. And <laughs> he's got a plan. So you we'll, still use we'll, that slogan? Uh, I don't think so, no, actually. No. I'll bring you up in the volume here a little Okay. Bit. Well, that's always nice. So how have you, you been, Ray? Absolutely wonderful. Yeah. You're looking tan and fit Thank and all you. that kind of stuff. Thank so you. This, this is good. Well, no. I'm, I'm on the Ray Shillings regimen. Eat less, exercise more. That's right. That book you're going to be working on. <laughs> Two pages. <laughs> I like that. Two pages. A lot of, uh, lot of uh, praise coming out on that book. 1995. Yeah. And by the way, uh, you know, no news here, but uh, no news to you and me, but maybe to our listeners, uh, problems at both GM, uh, all three actually, GM, Ford, and, and Chrysler Group, are spelling huge trouble for the big three holding uh, companies. The, of course, I'm speaking of Omnicom, WPP, as well as Interpublic. Who are their uh, biggest clients? Well, Omnicom Group's largest global revenue clients, Daimler, mm-hmm. Daimler Chrysler. Right. WPP Group, biggest customer, Ford. And uh, Interpublic Group's top client, uh, GM, of course, which is struggling with uh, shrinking market share as well as mounting financial problems. So, uh, you know, here the three major uh, holding companies are, are having uh, – well, let's just say a future that is not looking as uh, bright based on putting uh, a lot of business in at least one uh, category there. So right. what's the takeaway if you're a local agency and you handle mm-hmm. any of those car manufacturer brands? Yeah. Uh, be ready for some tight, uh, belt tightening, I would imagine. So I hate that word, belt tightening. Not yeah. a good thing. Well, especially – you know, talking about the dieting and everything. But that's true. <laughs> Belt loosening. Yeah, that's exactly. true. Yeah. But uh, very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Things are things are a little bit, uh, oh, how you say, not real stable at this point. In not time, in not in Detroit. And, you know, it's an internet, it's a global automotive market and has been for, for a while now. But mm-hmm. uh, here domestically, the uh, the automotive industry has uh, seen better times. And mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, they've come back before, haven't they? Sure, they have. And, you know, it was interesting because I was talking the other day with someone about uh, – uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, when when pe- people do their own uh, spokespeople, but not the celebrity spokesperson, but when a person – Like is, a personal endorsement type from a, the owner or exactly, something? Exactly, exactly. And, yeah. and, you know, they I think they abuse that in many local markets. You know, Joe Blow and his uh, fly fisherman uh, company, and he wants to be the spokesperson or the handyman. Can you uh, say ego? Yeah. Yeah. 
But, you know, a great example of someone that did a great job with that, that really had an impact on a company, is uh, Lee Iacocca, speaking of Chrysler. Well, really did a there's great the job. exception. Yeah, there exactly. are exceptions to that. A men's Warehouse, George Zimmer, does a great job representing his Always company. Always has been. You, but you would expect that, yes. The problem is, is a lot of these uh, people on, an in, on a local or regional basis, they look at that, mm-hmm. and then they think, well, I can do that. And then nobody tells them, no no radio person, TV person, their ad agency or whoever says, right. uh, excuse me, you suck. <laughs> you don't need to be doing that. Because agencies are afraid to talk to their clients like Unfortunately, that. Yeah. Like, oh, they might get mad at us and go someplace else where they'll get what they want, right? <laughs> and sometimes maybe it's better off that they do that. Probably. Uh, because then they find out uh, what, what the true story is. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the automotive, and then we'll get into uh, uh, we'll get into uh, Joe Jaffe's feature here in just a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new spots for Volkswagen. Mm-hmm. Have you seen those? And, and people are concerned about those spots, concerned about the people in the cars because they are so... Realistic. Well, you didn't know this, but we're going to feature Volkswagen next week on uh, Advertiser Showcase. So, Good. It, and they are outstanding spots. And uh, I'll, you know, I could mention that they're going to be. Well, I'll leave it for next week. It's Let's a great do that. Spot. It's yeah. a great tease. Here yeah. we go. Let's check in with Joe Jaffe uh, here on the Advertising Show. If you dare to risk seeing the world from a new point of view, join us now for a different perspective, featuring author and new marketing consultant Joseph Jaffe. Do yourself a favor, whether it's Xbox Live, PlayStation, or PlayStation Portable, get gaming. You can even write it off as a business expense, although you might want to check with your accountant first, and it may even help your business and certainly your brand. A new report from the Ziff Davis Group sheds more light on gaming. Hardcore gamers, as defined as people purchasing four-plus titles in the past six months and playing 10 hours per week, have shifted yet another four hours of weekly television watching to online activities over the past year. There are now 19.8 million households of these hardcore gamers, and who they are might very well surprise you. About a third of them are female, and a third of them are 35 years and older. In fact, overall, there are now 76.2 million game-playing households. But the proof of the pudding is in the playing. When you play a game, when you experience a game, what you'll encounter is something that looks and feels a lot like television. And it's even a place where commercials are welcome. How about that? This has been A Different Perspective, featuring Joseph Jaffe, president of new marketing consulting practice Jaffe LLC and author of Life After the 32nd Spot. To learn more, log on to GetTheJuice.com. It's the Advertising Show. Ray Shillings and uh, Brad Forsyth here about to join in the conversation for this hour and next with Suzanne Lyons, who is a CMO of Visa USA. And, Brad, you can ask her about your bill, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fine. Got a and couple credits. And then she'll say push zero right. if you want to speak this in Spanish or <laughs> right. something like yeah. that. No, I'm joking, <laughs> Suzanne. Uh, Suzanne, responsible for all aspects of uh, brand, advertising, and marketing services for one of the world's most successful payment companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Right. And serves on the company's executive man- and management committee as the uh, CMO. Uh, she has held uh, senior marketing and general management roles at some of the, the biggest financial services companies in America. She also served as chief marketing officer for Charles Schwab. Mm-hmm. Ah, there we go. And in a 10-year career at Schwab, she held various marketing and general management positions, including enterprise president of retail client services, and uh, responsible for uh, some 4,000 customer service employees. So she has our answers. When you sit on the executive committee and they talk about whacking the CMO, is that job protection since you are the CMO? 
You would think that there would be a little bit of built in there. Yeah. I think. I think. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So. At least hold your vote out. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know that would help. But, but if the tide turns, maybe it's better that you don't hold no, your vote. I don't know. So Suzanne will be with us out of San Francisco here uh, momentarily. We're about to break here, but uh, I wanted to talk quickly. Um, this is the American, oh, the Advertising Women of New York, A-W-N-Y, mm-hmm. dishonors burgers and beer ads, okay? <laughs> Paris Hilton, the Carl's Jr. commercial, right. which I thought was kind of interesting. Of course, mm-hmm. I'm a guy, right? Yeah, right. Uh, let's see. What else did they have? The Grand Ugly went to um, Milwaukee's Best Beer, entitled Perfectly Cut, Call of the Wild, and Finely Tuned. Mm-hmm. And maybe we can talk more about this later, though, but uh, it's, it's fun stuff. So American advertising women of New York, they're not happy. No. Okay. We have uh, Suzanne joining us here momentarily, and we have a, a bunch more on the way, too, as well, including, uh, let's see, the wacky world of marketing coming up at the bottom of the hour on The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth here at theadvertisingshow.com, and we hope you stay with us. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. What walks downstairs a loner in pairs and makes a sneakity sound. A spring, a spring, a marvelous thing. Everyone knows it's slinky. It's The Advertising Show. Yes, we've been called slinky before. Mm -hmm. No, actually, we haven't. Uh, Ray Shillins, Brad Forsyth, our very special guest this weekend is Suzanne Lyons, CMO of Visa USA, Visa.com, of course. Everybody knows that, <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly. We should give Suzanne's actual email address, but no, we won't do that, Suzanne. It is such a pleasure to have you on the on the radio show here, the advertising show. We are uh, just uh, pleased that you've taken time out of your weekend, so welcome. Uh, join us now. Well, thank you. Great to be here. And uh, Suzanne, how long have you been CMO at, uh, at Visa now? I've been here uh, just about two years now. Okay. Well, that's some kind of record at the CMO level, isn't it, nowadays? Exactly. It goes yeah. beyond the, whatever we're now saying, 17 months in the financial services industry. Well, yeah. she did the renewal thing, Brad. She did. <laughs> yeah, she renewed for two more years. Actually, it was automatic renewal, I understand. That's right. Yeah, it came out of your last paycheck. Exactly. That's you fine. may have seen uh, Profit has a great little ad that says the average lifespan of a goldfish is greater than that of a CMO. Oh. I, I keep that framed in my office. Certainly uh, nowadays. And, of course, you were with, uh, with Schwab as CMO for... Uh, uh, over it, oh, not quite a decade, so that says something, I suppose, for uh, for at least uh, your tenure there. What do you think of all the quick turnover at uh, at CMO level? What's what's going on there? Well, you know, I think a lot of times it has a lot to do with um, you know it's a great title and everyone wants to have that title, but you don't always have a CEO or a board that is understanding what role the CMO can play, and if you don't have that CEO aligned in realizing that marketing can play a very major role in helping shape and drive business strategy, sometimes you get a disconnect and mm. you either have brought someone in who doesn't have those capabilities or you've got someone who does have those capabilities and doesn't have the permission to really flex their muscles, if you will. And I think sometimes that uh, catch-all phrase of CMO is used in a very broad variety of ways and there's not always a, a good connection between what's wanted and needed and what that person brings to the table. That probably sounds peculiar to a lot of people out there to think that a CMO could function without the CEO's buy-in or involvement, but, uh, you, you, you know, <laughs> you hear so much uh, along those lines, and uh, 
a, a disservice to uh, obviously the the company and the shareholders when that's the case. But um, you know, uh, what was I going to say? Well, let's just move on. The um, almost a decade now, Mastercard has been emphasizing its emotional connection with its priceless campaign, and and recently started asking customers to uh, create a, a, a you know a commercial for the Mastercard priceless. Uh, Idea. So often we, we hear about, uh, Suzanne, advertisers that are so quick to change direction and strategy when it comes to their campaigns. They get bored with them, and uh, they get bored with them, and they decide to change as opposed to checking in with the consumer. I'm curious, even though you've only been with uh, Visa for a year or so, a, year, a couple of years, uh, do you think it was it difficult uh, towards the end of the everywhere-you-want-to-be strategy, do you think, looking back on it, to keep that uh, campaign on course and consistent over the years because of what I said earlier, the tendency for people wanting to just change for the sake of change? Well, you know, I think probably Visa was kind of unusual in that they had a, a campaign that ran for over 10 years with the same agency all along the way, a couple of different heads of marketing uh, throughout that process. But uh, for what it was built to do, It's Everywhere You Want to Be did wonderful things for Visa. It was originally all about acceptance and getting across that message that the card was accepted more places than anyone else and did a great job. But uh, as the company has grown and as our capabilities have grown and as other competitors have become more ubiquitous and where you can accept their products, that wasn't enough to build a campaign around one single functional attribute that had become a little bit more commoditized. Mm-hmm. So um, really prior to me coming in, the, the company realized they needed to change direction. And uh, so when I came in, it was very much with my eyes open that it was partly to reposition the brand and think about where is Visa going for the future and how do you depart from such a strong and long-lived platform as it's everywhere you want to be and not mess it up. I, I view my main job as don't mess don't it mess up. Don't mess it up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Well, i got to tell you, I was a little concerned when I first uh, heard that you, you guys were changing the direction. Me too. yeah. And, like, and having now had the chance, and Ray and I both had discussed yeah. this before going on the air today, that uh, having had the chance to see the Life Takes uh, campaign, I got to tell you, it's uh, it obviously has some legs, and we'll, we're going to talk a little bit about that during our interview today. Before we do that, um, do you consider Visa a credit card company or an electronic payment company? We definitely view ourselves as a payments company, and I think again, our our role as marketers is to really get people to think of Visa as the universal currency of of life and business. So, whereas I think we used to be very much associated with a rectangular piece of plastic the brand has to give permission for the company to move in places that are electronic, more virtual, payments through your telephone, um, and a much broader audience, not just retail consumers, but also business and commercial enterprises as well. Mm-hmm. And so with uh, with American Express coming out with a dedicated online uh, credit card, what was it, blue, or what, what am I thinking, Suzanne? I, that's, I think that is blue. They yeah. also have red now. They're going to all the colors of the spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> Including black. And, yes. yeah. If you're so lucky. Is, does Visa have such a card, or you just stay with your core brand and, and broaden it over various you know, channels? I think there's a danger of over-segmenting. Our segmentation is primarily more about um, lifestyles or different types of customers, mm-hmm. affluent customers or uh, youth customers, more so than um, kind of trying to make it channel by channel. We've discovered... For the most part, that consumers are, are multi-channel in the way they approach things. So, for us, having the core product that works online, works, uh, you know, technically in a telephone, the same card number, if you will, uh, as a mobile payment category, or in a physical uh, realm in a point of sale at a, at a merchant, 
for us, consumers don't really want to have different products for mm. all those different channels. We think that probably having a core product set that functions in each of those may be a better approach. I, I think mm. I agree. And as long as the consumer knows the the uh, understands how the card works across several channels, that's all that matters. Let's talk very briefly. We've got a little over a couple minutes left. The yeah. Life Takes Visa campaign launched during the Olympics uh, just recently on NBC. Uh, take us a little bit through the uh, new campaign strategy and the idea behind launching uh, during the Winter Olympics. Great. Well, the Olympics is a wonderful platform for us because, first of all, it, the, the branding, if you will, of the Olympics, which is so much about you know the excitement and uh, aspirational aspects of, of success that these athletes have. We've been a partner of theirs for 20 years, and we're the category-exclusive owners uh, for payments within the Olympics. So rather than launch during the Super Bowl, Whereas we all know there's quite a beauty contest going on and a lot of noise and also other competitors in that realm, we thought it was much better to launch during the Olympics where we had kind of a clean slate of uh, you know being the only ones who really in our category could be speaking on the Olympics and also to take advantage of kind of that big brand uh, power that the Olympics has and try to build that and tie it together with Life Takes Visa. And Life Takes Visa, as you've maybe already seen is really about taking life's moments from the little everyday stuff like going out and buying toothpaste all the way up to wonderful aspirational parts of life like attending the olympic games or feeling that you're kind of uh, you know one-on-one with these terrific athletes the campaign is meant to span both those life's little moments all the way up to big things and by tying it together with uh, a platform like the olympics where people are watching very religiously night after night we were able to get you know billions of impressions in a very short period of time and quickly get that tagline into the American psyche. Yeah, well, you know, I guess with uh, live event television, uh, you know, not not a whole lot left out there. Super Bowl, Olympics, Oscars, just to name three, uh, a means to reach a, a, a mass audience on a grand event type uh, television broadcast. I think uh, Olympics was a great place to to launch that. And for any of our listeners that may recall the Olympics and the and the visa campaign, take uh, life takes visa, uh, tying it in with the Olympics and having a lot of the shots of the uh, Olympians uh, and their performance. Uh, life takes guts. Life takes practice. Life takes determination. A great example of the uh, legs that the new campaign has. We have about uh, well, we have a minute. Yeah, we have a minute to, to tease the next segment. I guess. And Brad is very proud of his uh, Bodie Miller uh, uh, personalized Visa card. Is that right, Brad? Well, it's only a, a good at bars and it uh, shows you being 21, as I recall. And head shops, yes. That's exactly. right, exactly. exactly right. Right. Well, he's colorful with nothing else. Well, that's Quite true. A well, <laughs> and we're still talking about it. That's that's exactly right. Yeah. Isn't it all about the buzz? Uh, we have our special guest, Suzanne Lyons, CMO, Visa USA, out of uh, San Francisco. And we've got her for next segment and again back uh, next hour here on the Advertising Show at theadvertisingshow.com, which is a, a great destination to uh, not only hear this interview live and as a podcast or RSS feed, but uh, a whole bunch more as well. It's about four years, almost five years of, of interviews that are up there, which is a, a very large database, if you would say. So that's all made possible by uh, Ed Shipple, Shipple.com. It's a, a real cool product, and we'll talk more about that in just a minute on the advertising show. And now it's time for the Wacky World of Marketing. Wacky World of Marketing. Here's your host, Bruce Abbott. Our Wacky Update heads to Columbus, Ohio, where when you've got to go, Wendell's is the place to do it. You see, focusing on the small details can get you ahead in business. The restrooms at the restaurants in suburban Columbus, Ohio are the best in the nation, 
Wendell's wins the potty prize in a contest sponsored by bathroom supply company Centos. Wendell's earns high marks for its sports-themed Johns, complete with mouthwash for patrons whose breath might need a little freshening. Rich Belding, Wendell's general manager, says the company is ecstatic over the bathroom honor. He says he doesn't mind if people just drop in to check out their facilities. And that, my friends, is the wacky world of marketing. This program was written and produced by Bruce Abbott, executive producer of The Advertising Show. Join us next time when we uncover the strange, the bizarre, and unfortunately, the true wacky world of marketing. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. A Sunliner convertible moving in sunlight and shadow. That's one of those TV commercials you just had to be there. And the Sunliner drove off into the distance and Mm -hmm. was never seen again. Right. Unlike a better car. Whoever made the Sunliner, I don't know. I don't either. It's uh, Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the advertising show. Out of uh, San Francisco this weekend, Suzanne Lyons, who is CMO at uh, Visa USA. Suzanne, welcome back to the advertising show. Thank you. Yeah, and uh want to mention, uh, you know, we're going to talk just kind of your category in general, uh, the financial, uh, what are we calling it? We're calling it the payments category uh, and credit and so forth. And, of course, Amex, American Express, a longtime client of Ogilvy Mather, introduced a global brand strategy back in '04, And uh, it, it was a strategy, as many of our audience probably knows, it's my card, my, it's my life, my card campaign, which showcases celebrities like uh, DeGeneres uh, as, a, as one to emphasize the overall Amex experience. I'm curious. Talk a little bit about uh, Visa's strategy with regard to using sports celebrities. We were just talking about the Olympics uh, last segment and uh, sports celebrities as spokespeople and and the uh, strategy behind that. Exactly. And, you know, over the years we've used, uh, you know, regular celebrities as well, and we've definitely used a lot of different athletes. And I think it's uh, it's important not to let the celebrity overshadow the campaign. So we've tried to use them where it makes sense and where they can help reinforce the message. So, uh, for example, in this last Olympics where we uh, began to showcase someone like a Lindsay Jacob Ellis, who before the Olympics was really not much of a household name, afterwards she is, maybe for the wrong reason. <laughs> She's the <laughs> one that fell uh, right before the finish line. Yeah, right. But, um, you know, using a fresh face, someone who people can kind of look at and say, gee, who's this young up-and-coming person, and have them, if they epitomize some of the same attributes of the brand, and in, in her case, she was uh, spotlighting security for us and, and doing some work on a check card spot that we had. Um, it helps give an extra little layer of interest and attention that I think gets people drawn into the ad. There's a danger, and we've actually seen some research to suggest that in the Amex ads, for example, while people respond very, very favorably to Ellen DeGeneres or to Robert De Niro, that they remember more about the celebrity and yeah. view the card as being, gee, that's their life. My life, my card, it's really about... Ellen DeGeneres' life, not so much my life. We wanted to very deliberately try to make sure that our campaign focused on the consumer's life, that they would look at these particular moments and say, gee, that's like me, mm-hmm. and, who and were... relate to that. And it's not always the case with a celebrity that that happens. We have found that with, with athletes, particularly younger athletes like a Michael Phelps, who we've used um, in the past Summer Olympics, that people really do enjoy watching um, these young, upwardly successful 
uh, hardworking types of people and that they've been very good spokespersons for our message. And, and who off the top uh, for the Winter Olympic Games were, were you aligned with? You mentioned Jacobs. Of course, we remember Bodie Miller, Quan. we know. Who else were the, the athletes? Right. We have, you know, about 20 uh, Olympic athletes ah. that we actually had signed up in many cases years before. Mm-hmm. And we got them all together in New York about a year before the Olympics, first of all, to meet each other. They don't all know each other. And to spend some time with them, some media training, um, spend some time talking about financial management with them and helping them understand what we were trying to accomplish and helping them participate a little bit in some of the other integrated marketing activities around the Olympics. For example, we designed um, a pin, an Olympic pin, which is, if you've ever been around the Olympics, trading pins is a very big thing. And this particular pin was to commemorate the journey of athletes to the Olympics, and Visa uh, marketed these pins, and all the money that was contributed uh, for the purchases of those went towards supporting the U.S. Olympic athletes. So getting them in a room together um, and helping them understand what our mission is and how we connect with the Olympics is very helpful because if they win, and many of them did, the snowboard team did extremely well, like a Seth Westcott or um, Bodie, unfortunately, didn't uh, mm-hmm. do as well as we thought. Right. But those people are often on the spot with the media carrying our logo or um, remembering sometimes to mention their sponsors. Um, one of the interesting things that happened during the Olympics was when Michelle Kwan, who was probably our best-known sponsored athlete, had to drop out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we decided we had a number of spots that featured Michelle. We decided to keep running them. Some of her other sponsors did not. And that became very big news, uh, a little bit surprisingly to us. We were on television. We were all over the print media uh, for continuing to support her. And our reason for that was that we felt she embodied the Olympic spirit on or off the ice and that a big part of the Olympic experience is not just the winning. It's also mm-hmm. sometimes the losing or the uh, having the heartbreak of not being able to fulfill your life dream. Right. And that really resonated with people and I think bought us some very good brand goodwill that was you know, not planned or intended. Yeah, what, what may have been a bit of a distraction to viewers became some some uh, great uh, publicity, frankly, for you guys yeah, aligned yeah. with that. Give us, uh, very quickly, about a minute and a half left here, uh, a little insight. I'm curious, you mentioned some of these athletes. Obviously, a Michelle Kwan, not a big risk there, but to know that Jacobs was going to, you know, do well with snowboarding and Bodie Miller and, and the others, I'm curious, do you get with a uh, a consultant uh, a few years before the Olympics and say, you know, pick some winners for me? Or you sit with some coaches? How do you figure out who you want to align yourself with? We actually do work very closely with the different governing bodies for the different uh, sports, be they summer or winter sports. And we do sit down with them and say, who are you watching for four years or even eight years up the road? Uh, Michael Phelps, who obviously, you know, won many gold medals in the Summer Olympics and became a household name for his swimming. We actually first heard of Michael when he was 14. We were his first corporate sponsor, and he'd already been with us for four or five years when he became famous. And as a result, um, you know, he's very loyal to the Visa brand, and we have uh, arrangements with him that, you know, today he can command, you know, quite a lot of money from corporate sponsors. We kind of have a, a family pricing arrangement from having been one of the first ones to support him. So we do hear about, you know, who's coming up in the ranks years before. They don't all get there, but, um, you know, we've been very pleased with how most of our Visa, we call them the Visa Gold Medal Athletes, wow. uh, as a group, they've done really well. Imagine signing somebody at 14 years old, a corporate sponsor. I have a corporate sponsor here. It's Visa. You may have heard of him. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He couldn't even have a card. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, at 14 years old, I had Bob's Bike Shop. Mm-hmm. Right. Tractor. Now he's got his name on a card. Uh, training wheels there you go. on there. Yeah. Yeah, with training wheels. Right. Back in just a moment with more on the Advertising Show with Ray Shellings and Brad Forsyth.
make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. We are the men of Texaco. We wear the Texaco star. We like to think of Texaco. We've got everything for your car. This is The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. And speaking of gas yeah. prices, jeez. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, come on. Can man. I check your oil? You know what I did yesterday? No. I, I drove by a gas station mm-hmm. because it was so expensive. And I can get it cheaper with my little Kroger card. You can get a dime off a gallon of gas. And, and today a dime is a big deal. Uh, I went home and I got my lawnmower gas. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm not going to pay, you know, three-something a gallon for gas. So I used my cheap lawnmower gas. Car's still running. That's good. Did it, uh, I suppose. Yeah. Well, you know, I've heard that it's so expensive here that people are actually traveling to Hawaii and bringing cheap gas back from Hawaii. (laughs) Not really. But it is catching up, they say. uh, Oh, is it really? Yeah. I mean, I think it's... um, what is it, around $3 a gallon? It's around $3 yeah. a gallon. And yeah. what's happened is over in Hawaii, it has always been expensive, but yeah. it hasn't gone up proportionately. So what's oh, ending okay. up happening? It's so now not, the rest of the country is yeah, catching it's up. It's about three and a quarter, I think, at, uh, Jeez, in Hawaii, oh, where man. it used to be about a dollar difference. Now there's only about a quarter difference. Well, here in the States, we're spoiled, though. I mean, people have been paying right. anywhere from 5 to 10 bucks a gallon for gas in Europe, Europe uh, yeah. for a long time. Mm-hmm. So we're just – this is this is shocking. Mm-hmm. And then this past week, they had the guy on for the retired uh, uh, Exxon C- uh, CEO, mm-hmm. a $400 million uh, pension. Really? Yeah. Fill like, it up. Exactly. And he said, right. fill it up. He, he probably meant, gets free gas, too. He meant his, uh, his checkbook. Yeah. Hey, you know, I remember one of my first trips to, uh, if not the first trip to Europe back in, uh, well, a long time ago. I was filling up the gas tank in this little vehicle that we were using for travel. And I thought, what are they complaining about the gas prices here? That's not that expensive because uh, I was converting the lira to uh, – we're in Italy yeah. – the lira to dollars. And I thought, it's not it's not that much more. And then I realized it's <laughs> liters, not gallons. So with liters, yeah, it is – you know, it's, yeah, it's like, like this much. Times, yeah. yeah, so. That'll get you about a half mile. Yeah. That's right. That's why Bruce, our executive producer, uh, bought himself one of them big trucks. Did he? Yes. How big? Oh, the X, what is it, the XLT or whatever oh, it's called? He? Yeah, it's huge. And what's the miles per gallon? He doesn't want to know. It doesn't no. look. It's just, you can watch the gauge go really? down. It's fine. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I have, uh, uh, you, you know, we talk about healthy eating, healthy hmm? lifestyle, whatever. Uh, they say that food marketers are uh, seeking healthier images, they, and which they should, I suppose. Hmm. This is interesting. Soft drink brand 7-Up uh, this past week announced that its original 7-Up is now 100% natural. I know what it was before. Right. Maybe 99%. <laughs> following a reformulation to eliminate an artificial preservative. Okay? And I and it's interesting because I saw 7-Up come off the shelves. I like diet 7-Up. And it went away. Really? So apparently it's coming back and it's going to be 100% natural. Uh, it says, no, though not claiming specific health benefits, the new 7-Up also has nearly 50 Percent less sodium. That's a good thing, and it's trying to revive uh, sales down 6.5 last year. That's because they didn't put it on the shelves. According to the uh, Beverage Digest, we heard from consumers consistently that they're trying to make better choices. Well, mm-hmm. of course we all are. Look sure. what you're drinking there. Right. Water. Spring water. Mm-hmm. It says it's from Rice Epicurean Markets hmm. product placement. 
But we I guess I'll get a free one. Next I guess time. did that come from Houston's water supply? And no, they, it's, it says Canadian Natural. Oh, it's Canadian. Ma- okay, Mountain, good. Yeah. If so, it was Houston, I'd feel like I'm, I'm my, not going to get mine that. Mine came from the Mountain too. You see there? Well, yours is Mountain, mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. Yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of, you, you mentioned 7-Up. It kind of makes you wonder for all those poor bastards that bought the old formula <laughs> with, the, with the whatever the ingredient was that the they're whatever, now. Yeah, and what, more sodium. That's all we need is more sodium right. in our diet. Let's get that blood pressure up there, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts, look at this. Uh, Wrigley. Wrigley's trying to put a healthy spin on food. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, uh, with, they a op- they, with a gun. They opened the Wrigley Science Institute last fall. Supporting 10 studies in China, U.S., and uh, U.K. to follow research indicating that chewing gum may help dieting, stress reduction, and concentration. Well, you can't eat when you're chewing gum, so sure. Yeah, but I always thought that chewing gum... Oh, they're saying it curbs the appetite. Yeah, I guess. And findings are expected by uh, the uh, the end of this year. Dunkin' Donuts doing the same thing. Uh, Recently sponsored a media event in which nutritionists discussed studies... Indicating that caffeine could reduce the risk of Parkinson's disease. We aren't planning on uh, coffee is good for you in our advertising, but we felt it was important to level the playing field. That's according to John Gilbert, who is the vice president of marketing. Well, but, the, but you know, you try to drink coffee. If you have Parkinson's d- disease, you spill it all over yourself. That's not a good thing to <laughs> no, do. It's no, it's not very nice. <laughs> anyway, we're all, do that. we're all trying to be healthy. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, Suzanne coming back with us uh, next hour on the advertising show, CMO VS, Visa USA. I wonder what she does with her mail when she gets the junk mail. Well, toss American it. Express. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you've just been awarded, uh, yep. because your credit's so good, yeah. a pre-approved American Express. Or better yet, a telemarketing. Call. I wonder what you would do. I'll go for your hook, line, (laughs) and sinker. We've got Suzanne back and much more. Uh, Advertising is on the way in just a few moments here on the Advertising Show. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is the Advertising Show. Like to have had that spot on last week uh, when we had the gentleman thirty from London plus fifty Salisbury. Yes, yes. Uh, Salisbury England. Uh, there we go. That's classic spot. Liverpool teas, and they're bringing the Beetle Boot book la- back. <laughs> Beetle Boot book. They are Beetle Boot look back. That's it. Yeah. Are they really? Yeah, they, they've got some great shoes. I, I saw them on the shelf at one retailer and said, "Man, look at that! The Beetle Boots well, are here. It's kind of cool." It'll go with your Nehru jacket that you're wearing. That'll come back, too. Yeah. Not. No. No, not, not going to happen. Every week we look at the upside and the downside of advertising, and there's so much more material out there both ways, I guess, uh, and this one is, well, it's not so good. And now it's time for the bad advertising item of the week. Ow. Oh. That was loud. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> what are you, you, you awake now? Yeah. Good. Uh, lo- uh, usually we do national, national television, national print. But right. we're going to do a local ad here. A local ad. Yeah. And, and for uh, the global audience, that's a Houston ad. That'll be a Houston market ad in our home market of Houston, we, we like to say. But yet a, a global product I think everyone can relate to. Okay. Uh, the headline says, Sales Without Equal. And it's uh, a small, very tasteful headline. I'm going to hold off on saying who the advertiser is and the product. Good. Because it will surprise you. But it's a well-designed ad. 
But the copy here and basically the message, uh, mm-hmm. the, the uh, subhead is compare us head-to-head for Houston's best value and selection. And then the first paragraph is basically mentioning some product. It's just a couple lines. And then the second paragraph is what I want to focus in on. With our never-undersold value guarantee and unbeatable, excuse me, unbeatable monthly pricing specials, no dealership in Houston can match the relentless pace set by blank dealership. Make the winning choice by sticking with the all-star team that absolutely refuses to lose. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a very price-oriented. They're making some really big claims about, yeah, right. about unbeatable monthly pricing specials and guaranteed never to be undersold. Okay. Now, there would be nothing wrong with that, in my opinion, if you were a Chevrolet dealer. Or Ford. Yeah, Ford, right. Chrysler. What is this, Mercedes-Benz? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> It's a Mercedes dealer, for God's sakes. Now, th- there's two points here. Number one, normally the factory wouldn't even let you do this because it's called disparaging the brand. Mm-hmm. You can't let your local dealer, said another way, whore up your brand right. by trying to say you may think, in this case, Mercedes-Benz is a – polished star of a product that mm-hmm. has a great image and Mercedes spends a lot of money on brand uh, branding for their, their product and, and their image. And here one dealership is trying to say, you know, they're, they're making it sound like it's a Chevy dealer, mm-hmm. even though it's a taste, you know, that, and that's what threw me off here. It's a tastefully done ad. You can see it from there. Oh, yeah. It's a tastefully done ad. Tastefully executed, nice looking, but the message makes it sound like it's a, a common domestic mm-hmm. product. So I think that, uh, first of all, you know, Mercedes is an unusual line in that they have a, a broad line of products, unlike a BMW. Much broader and, than before, yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. unlike some of the other European highline uh, products that tend to cater to an exclusive, affluent audience. Uh, Mercedes has some lower end products that has broadened their market, but. If you're the high-end purchaser, I think you want to feel like you're going to a high-end dealership, and I'm not sure that this would resonate with a comp- with a guy or a lady that might be looking at spending seventy, eighty, ninety grand. Because although everybody right. wants to feel like that they're getting a good value when you buy these kinds of products, mm-hmm. you, it's really more about being taken care of and pampered and feeling you know good about whoever it is you're doing business with. You're not going to buy a Mercedes right. to right. save money. Uh, no, no. Any, you wouldn't expect. No. That, no. I mean, uh, so what we have here is we have a very aggressive retail ad that, in my opinion, flies in the face of the brand, of the quality of, of the Mercedes brand. Mm-hmm. And I would be surprised that if any, uh, if the local or regional Mercedes-Benz, uh, the regional uh, manager or whatever the case may right. be. Or the group or whatever. Yeah, right, if they right. saw this ad, they'd say, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're messing up not only the brand from a factory standpoint, right. you're messing up the market. Mm-hmm. You know, so what's going to happen if you're a Mercedes dealer? Are you going to feel like if you're going to compete with this type of stuff, do you now have to get, you mm-hmm. know, that same way and get aggressive? And before you know it, everybody's creating this uh, uh, price-oriented type advertising for a product like Mercedes? I don't think so. As is the case with many other automotive uh, dealerships and groups, you've got to get a copy approval before you can put something out there. I'd be really surprised if uh, it wasn't the case with that. And secondly, I would be even more surprised to see that uh, 
somebody would try to do something without uh, uh, getting approval. Well, and I'll, I'll mention, because we were talking about it, uh, the hotshot baseball player, Alex Rodriguez. Okay. It's Alex Rodriguez Mercedes-Benz. He has a dealership here in Houston. He's a New York Yankee. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's down in uh, Clear Lake, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. A suburb of Houston uh, out in a nice area. His tagline on his uh, in his company, the nation's most aggressive Mercedes-Benz dealership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, aggressive and it goes with his personality. And, sure. uh, okay, I like the line that it's an all-star team, but – Absolutely refusing to lose, tied in with the pricing and the specials mm-hmm. and the under uh, the never to be undersold value guarantee. Yeah. I just don't know how, if you're a Mercedes dealer, that you can do that kind of thing. You just, you know, BMW doesn't do that. No. Uh, some of the more, you know, quality products, Volvo, uh, Audi. I don't think you see them out there on an individual basis, uh, as, you know, selling up a, a price-oriented type uh, aggressive ad like this. So anyway, that's. The the advertising item of the week. Shame on you, Alex Rodriguez. You stole the base. It has a nice-looking dealership, though. Oh, it's a beautiful facility, and the Mercedes-Benz is a beautiful brand and a beautiful, beautiful line of cars. Yeah, exactly. I just think that... But the, that's a very valid point. Yeah, you made some good points there. We've got more with Suzanne Lyons, CMO at Visa USA, next uh, next hour. Alex Ben Block is going to be back with us. That'll be great to have Alex back yeah. on the advertising show. In a few months. Uh, that'll be next week as well. Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth here at theadvertisingshow.com. What a cool website and a lot of great stuff up there for you. Go visit it often and uh, and click on everything once or twice, okay? <laughs> Brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit them online at adage.com. So we'll be back uh, for hour two momentarily here. The Advertising Show is a Big Radio Midgets production. Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Welcome back to our number two of The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. So glad you're here. And uh, we are uh, being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit online at adage.com. The Advertising Show is a Big Radio Midgets production. We have Suzanne Lyons back with us this hour. Suzanne is out of San Francisco and uh, for two years in a row now has been the uh, the CMO at Visa USA. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. I mean, what are you looking at there? That's kind of well. Cool. It's a book. It's a booklet that was sent along with her stuff. And uh, Tracy Prater, a behind-the-scenes uh, extraordinary, does a lot of work here on the advertising show. Apparently, they took a photo of him and put him out of here on the beach. If you look at that. Dang, he's put on weight. <laughs> oh, that's not Tracy. It's, <laughs> but as an excuse to mention his name. But, uh, there you go. Yeah, this guy looks like he has a good time. But it's a, it's an interesting book. It says, what are you waiting for? And then it, it's got little Sweet. pictures. And basically it ties in with the lifestyle mm-hmm. idea behind uh, the new uh, visa campaign, Life uh, Life Takes Visa. It's a great, great mm-hmm. idea. And again, lifetakesvisa.com is a great place to go if you want to check that out. Yeah, with uh, podcasts and such, or actually videocast, I mm-hmm. should say, yeah. uh, that they're doing a lot of stuff. So Micro. that's cool. Yeah, that's so we'll have Suzanne on for a couple of segments. Uh, we have, uh, let's see, Patrick Meyer joining us here momentarily for, uh, it's the Marketing Insider feature that we've been running for quite a long time now, as a matter of fact. It's been, what, about uh, four, three or four years? Three or four years. Yeah. And uh, Channels Colliding, uh, which is what he's talking about today. 
Also have Jeffrey Gittimer eliminate objections. That's always a good thing. And what's his new book? You've tried to mention the last few shows, but you weren't remembering the name. Well, and let I, me go get it here. Yeah. It's called Jeffrey Gittimer's Little Red Book of Sales Answers, uh, 99.5 Real World Old Answers That Make Sense, Make Sales, and Make Money. And it's well done, too. It's uh, it's. Uh, it's a you continuation know, of his other book that he yeah, yeah. It really is. And there are some things that you've read in the other book as well, uh-huh. you know, if you've got the other book. But the presentation is nice. It's like a like a hymnal. It's got that kind of a feel, feel to, to it. it. Yeah. It's got a little thing here you keep track of the oh, uh, like where the, you're at. Yeah, the little ribbon where you put it in the middle. Where, yeah. Turn to your book in 633. Uh, yeah. 12. But it, it's well done. And you know what else he did that was really smart when he marketed this thing? He says, here – and this is this is what anybody can do, but mm-hmm. sometimes they're just not smart enough to do it, including mm-hmm. yours truly. Um, what he did is he said, I want to make it the top sales on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So on this day, I want you to go on Amazon and buy my book, and I will do this, 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 and this for you. Really? And he achieved that. I mean, so... What can he do for uh, 200,000 people that buy his book on Amazon? He's uh, giving them a uh, – he, he had like about a half dozen things that you got for free, discounts on seminars. Oh, really? Teleseminars. Wow. Uh, little little, 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 little ditty bag of mm-hmm. stuff, you know? It's kind of nice. So He's smart to do that. And, uh, you know, he, he's not stupid. He's a, he's, <laughs> he's a sales and marketing genius. Yeah, he really is. And his book there that you're mentioning, Ray, uh, obviously his previous book uh, – Get them or on sales or selling or yeah, selling right. little little red book on selling I guess selling, it was, yeah. it was a bestseller for for many many weeks a New York Times bestseller week along with the Wall Street Journal and others and apparently he he decided that he liked being on the bestseller list mm-hmm. and so he came out with this second brand extension and figured out a way to to tell his uh, his customer base about going to Amazon I didn't know that until you just said that yeah and it's a great idea. Yeah, it, it, we get his sales caffeine, his easing thing, mm-hmm. and uh, it, that's a good little thing. You get that once a week. The get, man, the man knows how to market. Gettimer.com, com, by the way, if you want to know more. Yes, exactly. And that was your plug product of the, placement of plug. the week. Yes, exactly. Uh, speaking of product placement, let's uh, check in with Patrick Meyer here on the advertising show. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. Whenever there's an earthquake, the geologists talk about the Teutonic plates and how they're shifting. Well, my friends, let me tell you, in marketing, advertising, and channels, there are Teutonic plates that are shifting. Let me give you an example of what's going on. I'm with one of my top clients. We're talking about their biggest customers. He says to me, grocery is our stronghold. That's where we're focused. I said, well, let me just tell you about what's going on with channels. And this is what I want to share with all of you. I said, first of all, online as a channel is poaching on all the channels. Warehouse has been happening for the last 10, 15 years, and it's been really big. But there's another one that's coming quick, dollar stores. If you aren't in dollar stores, you better get there quick because that's where a lot of the action's happening. Ever seen a Korean deli in New York City? Those delis have got food prepared. They don't look like a deli. They're half florist, half prepared foods. It's a whole new format. Walmart and Target, there's a giant sucking sound as they're pulling volume and occasions from every channel. So what do you do about this? Well, you don't start with your customer or your channels. You start with the consumer. How are they evolving? Where are they purchasing? Where are they shopping? And how is that shifting? Once you map that out, then go back to where is your volume and project out what is the trend. 
what's going up and what's going down and map out where the consumer and your customers are going to be five and ten years out. The second step, look for new solutions in those emerging channels or those shifting channels. So in dollar stores, what's the right offering? What's the right merchandising to grab the consumer and pick up new distribution and new volume? It's a simple thing. Channels are shifting. How do you get in front of it and capitalize on the volume? You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. I'm Patrick Meyer, and remember, the marketing revolution is now. It's the Advertising Show, Ray Shellen's Brad Forsyth. We've got uh, Suzanne Lyons back with us this hour, CMO of Visa USA. Um, so we know Patrick Meyer now shops at dollar stores. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good. How much is it? It's a dollar. 99 cents. Have you been to the dollar store, Brad? Yeah, the 99 cent store and then the dollar store. And yeah. uh, basically it's a bunch of junk that I don't need. <laughs> but it is it is a good pricing scheme. It, it certainly is. Mm-hmm. And you know how much you're going to spend. Usually I'm spending more than you need to spend because you buy stuff that you don't need. I like to go in there with crisp $100 bills. Do you just just buy 100 stuff? Things? No, you buy one item and then you well, get, get a change. All of it in ones is what they end up giving it back to you, and it's crazy. <laughs> hey, uh, Saturn, uh, we talked about uh, automotive last mm-hmm. hour. Yeah. Uh, s- the people of Saturn talking about uh, basically the brand's uh, renaissance for more than a year, and they finally have something to show for it. Uh, they've got three new models, and they have a sports car out this year, which is really kind of cool. Saturn does. And they also have a hybrid SUV, which I, I like. Well, the, the, the uh, what is it called? The, uh, the View, mm-hmm. okay? I thought that was a TV program. It was. Mm-hmm. Canceled. Oh. No, it's still there. Hybrid view SUV. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, most uh, gas electric hybrid systems add $3,000 to the sticker price. GM says the hybrid view will be only $2,000 mm-hmm. more. Of course, they get you when you've got to replace the battery. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and only about 20, 23000 bucks for a view. Now, a view is a nice, I don't know, it, it, it's bare bones, nice SUV, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it's got the Saturn brand and it's uh, it, it's a nice looking vehicle as well. It says it gets twenty percent better fuel economy and so on and so forth. They also have a car. It almost looks like the Honda car. The uh, what was it? The S two thousand Roadster. Mm-hmm. You probably think you're listening to the automotive show. They have a little uh, coupe. This, yeah, they have a little coupe. It's called the Sky Roadster. It it, it really is kind of cool actually. It's a two seater. Started uh, reaching showrooms in the last three weeks. Um, and that price, it's starting at twenty three six. That's an awfully good price on that as well. So Saturn is is back into the biz beyond that little inexpensive and fuel efficient car. Maybe next hour you can mention monthly payments for each of those. Plus TT and L. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Three models available for this price, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Because you got to say that, folks. Right. we got uh, Suzanne Lyons back in just a moment, CMO via Visa USA on the advertising show. This is Ray Shillings along with Brad Forsythe. Glad you listened. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe. My complexion's so bad, I hate to go out. Don't be a square. Try Ting, the faster way to clear up pimples. 
Yes, doctors' half-face tests prove Ting medicated cream... As you and I being relatively the same age, very close in age mm-hmm. here, uh, we both probably use that product, and it was either that or battery acid to put on your face to get rid of acne. It was bad stuff. <laughs> and I can't believe they actually sold that stuff. Yeah. It's the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth, and our special guest joins us uh, again this hour, uh, Suzanne Lyons, CMO of uh, Visa USA, responsible for all aspects of brand advertising and marketing services for one of the world's most successful payment companies and uh, serves on the uh, company's executive management committee as well. Yeah. So she's a busy, a busy, very busy type person. Welcome back. Uh, glad to have you with us here on the Advertising Show, Suzanne. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, and we were talking about the uh, the new campaign, Life Takes Visa, uh, launching, I guess, uh, just recently, last few months. Uh, I'm curious, give us a little rundown of the uh, media channels that you're focusing on for the new Life Takes Visa campaign. Sure, and this is probably a great you know, microcosm of what all of us as marketers are facing today because uh, if you're launching a new brand and a new tagline, you really can't avoid, you know, if you, have, if you have the budget for it and the appropriate brand, you want to still be on network television. That's still a very big way in which to reach many, many people. But you have to surround consumers today with many more different uh, types of media. So for this launch, we really tried to cover every base we could think of, all the traditional media, of course, television, uh, radio, print in both magazines and, and uh, newspapers, but some very interesting work online. Uh, we work with our agency, AKQA, on a lot of our online opportunities, and we created a lot of uh, about 50 different little mini videos that are 15-minute little clips and created a lifetakesvisa.com website that has had millions of viewers have already gone to this website. They tend to spend almost two and a half minutes on the site, which is statistically pretty high compared to what we see in a lot of the kind of fly-by-visit-them sites, have a lot of people emailing their favorite clips to their friends. So there's a viral nature to the online component that's very interesting, and it does lend itself up the road, I think, to the possibility of having uh, customers create content, these little videos where people could create their own life takes visa uh, ideas and submit them and where we could potentially showcase them, I think as a, a really interesting way of involving consumers and uh, giving them an experience that's much more tangible than just seeing you know, an ad in a newspaper. Sure. Um, you know, we've tried to do a lot of different things in outdoor. Uh, in a couple of the key cities, we've got quite a lot of outdoor, out-of-home types of experiences, some of which are also interactive, uh, you know, kind of along a construction site, taking a, a wall and just having life takes and letting graffiti artists, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, have some work with that. You have to do a little bit of uh, censoring and spray painting over things that might not need to be there. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but having a little bit of creativity there. A lot of interesting things that we're looking at. Uh, we had a, uh, an Olympic ad that was in a couple of the train stations, Life Takes the Express, and it showed a bobsled. Um, and, you know, in the train station, it kind of made a nice analogy for, <laughs> as everyone tried to hurdle their way back home <laughs> through the tubes. Yeah. So really have tried uh, with this campaign more than perhaps we have traditionally in the past to use a lot more experimental media and to really make sure that all of the different marketing touch points are integrated and that the message is carried uh, very cleanly through them. Obviously, sponsorships is the other place where you know, we're trying to integrate the new campaign uh, very thoroughly as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned your digital agency, uh, AKQA San Francisco. Uh, do you know what uh, the managing director, Shane Ginsburg, and you both have in common? What's that? You've both appeared on the advertising well, show. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. So, it's a recipe for success, I'm told. Well, it's a recipe. <laughs> I can assure you that. 
I'm not sure what it's a recipe it's for. Usually recipe. trouble is what it's a recipe yeah. for. Life, LifeTakesVisa.com, a great uh, microsite worth visiting. Not right now. Stay where you are. But no, uh, certainly at a later date, it, it, it is a, a very cool site. I'm curious, uh, can you give us some sense of, uh, uh, without giving away any particular numbers, of what percent of your overall budget is solely dedicated to online marketing? Well, you know, probably a smaller amount than maybe should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think because it's uh, in some ways easier to stand by the old traditional metrics, a lot of marketers tend to kind of cling to the old things that can be measured, and a lot of the um, media mix models that many of us use lend themselves really nicely to traditional media and don't do as good a job in online. Online is really, for us, becoming a much bigger area, and while it's probably you know less than 10% of our budget today, I would expect that to be probably the fastest growing as a percentage uh, piece of the budget because it, it really does connect with people. It allows you to be much more targeted, and now it's much easier to measure. In mm-hmm. some respects, um, you really can measure online in ways that are much more tangible than certain other media. It also lends itself to very interesting partnerships and alliances where you're marrying content and kind of traditional advertising. And in our case, sometimes that content needs to be paid for and we may also be the payment mechanism. So we can go out and start to talk to other great brands that, in their case, may have content or they may be the distribution arm mm-hmm. online and begin to put together some things that are, are pretty interesting and pretty deep and rich that consumers can really begin to connect with. So we've got a lot of uh, energy being placed on learning more and experimenting more in, in online. So are you the? Uh, do you have a person that heads up the uh, online initiatives for Visa, or is that also your responsibility? It's it's within my area, but uh, John Ray, who's our vice president of all all things online, mm-hmm. very uh, reasonably well known speaker out on the speaker circuit, and. Uh, is doing a lot of very fun things for us, helping us explore how we can use that medium. And I got a feeling under your tenure, there that uh, area is going to grow. It sounds like from I the ten percent so, big yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, what, I'm curious, uh, your thoughts on uh, podcasting and blog sites and so forth. Uh, any any thoughts on uh, Visa marketing into those? Uh, Absolutely. Areas? And you know, again, for the Olympics, for the first time, we had a blog, and we took a lot of those athletes that we've talked about before who work with us here at Visa and had them uh, on the blog updating every day how their experience over in Torino was going and uh, worked actually very closely with NBC on on, uh, our Olympic activities as well. And that was great. That was a great experience for us. I'm actually supposed to see the results, I think, on Monday of uh, what happened from that. But that was our first foray into blogging, and um, it is all of viral marketing and buzz marketing and uh, what's happening with the blogs and the podcasts. I think really gives us some different opportunities than we've had before. And Mm -hmm. people are very engaged who are deeply into that space. And if they're willing to take the time to download a video uh, or something onto their iPod, uh, they're going to pay attention to it because they've taken the time to find it and to put it into a medium that they want to deal with. Mm -hmm. How are you measuring the uh, metrics of online and then podcasting and stuff? Well, a lot of it is, you know, you can certainly tell how many individual uh, in, people have kind of come and visited a site. That's a fairly obvious one. Sure. In some cases, there are links where we want them to kind of go and actually do something, you know, go and visit another of our adjacent sites to maybe look and see where they might want to uh, get a product, and that's very easy to track as well. And then in the blogging space, uh, some of it is you can also do these connections. Where did they go? Where, mm-hmm. How did they navigate? Mm-hmm. How did they get to you, and where did they go after they saw you? And begin to make some linkages and, and some strategies around that as to how to find certain communities of uh, people who are 
open to your message and how do you do more to get to them? Yeah, well, and if you're in the digital arena, uh, note to you, pop-up ads, uh, my favorite button on the pop-up ads are the skip commercial or skip this <laughs> pop-up ad. Right. But I will say the banner ads, the towers uh, that have video included, oh, I yeah. think they've found their place and I like oh, those. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. I just love what's going on online. Yeah, yeah. It's and fantastic. it's much beyond, you know, the old days of the pop-ups and the banner exactly. ads. I think that there's just so much more rich and interesting content that can be put into the online space. You're on the Advertising Show. Ray Schillens, Brad Forsyth, and our special guest is Suzanne Lyons, CMO of Visa USA out of uh, San Francisco this weekend. And the good news, Brad, is we get Suzanne for one more segment here at the Advertising Show. Yeah. Hey, Shipple.com, as we talked about a little bit earlier, is uh, it's a web marketing company. It's basically the engine that runs the AdvertisingShow.com website. And between the podcast and the RSS and all of the information that's up there, it really is an efficient uh, site. It's uh, called Tendency. Uh, and talk about metrics. There's a lot of good stuff there, too. Shipple.com. Quick Takes on Sales and Customer Relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. You ever hear the prospect tell you uh, we're satisfied with our present supplier? Sure you have. How many times have you heard it? Doesn't it piss you off? Well, why are you still listening to it? You know, with a little creativity, you can eliminate it forever. Here's how. When you engage the prospect, you say, you know, Mr. Jones, I make a lot of sales calls to prospective new customers, and most of them tell me I'm satisfied with who we've got. You know, our customers are ecstatic. They're getting incredible value, and not only are they more productive, they're reaping the profits of doing business with us. So let me ask you a question. Would you rather be ecstatic and more profitable or satisfied? The customer is going to say, well, ecstatic and more profitable. You say, great, because I came here today hoping that you were satisfied with who you've got. Here's the clue. You take the objection away before they have a chance to voice it. Quick takes on sales and customer relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say, This is Jeffrey Gittimer reminding you that if no one responds to your ad, it may be because your ad sucks. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. Uh, These are the three largest selling soft drinks. Now, let's have a look and see what makes them so popular. Uh, As you can see, this one is a cola. It looks like a cola... Well, they called it the Uncola back then. Today, 7-Up is uh, calling itself a healthy drink because they've eliminated some stuff, Brad. I don't want to talk about that really? here. Not not this segment, though. Our special guest, Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth. Our special guest is Suzanne Lyon, CMO of Visa USA. Suzanne, it is great to have you on the advertising show. Welcome back. Thank you. You know, staying with some innovative ideas. Oh, before we do that, AKQA, we mentioned uh, digital media, TBWA, Shite, they uh, 
uh, your uh, traditional ad agency of record. Correct, Suzanne? That's correct. Okay, we just want to make sure and get all of our plugs in. The, uh, uh, to leverage your, your NFL sponsorship last fall, Visa ran uh, five-minute promotional segments on uh, TiVo featuring uh, ESPN anal- uh, analysts uh, sharing their top picks for the 05-06 NFL fantasy football season. I thought it was a very interesting idea. Talk a little bit about your uh, innovative relationship with TiVo and ESPN and what may be in the plans for uh, this fall. Well, you know, the NFL has actually been uh, you know, one of our sponsorships for quite a long time. And, you know, again, we've tried to find ways to leverage that fan passion that people have around sports and football in America is a pretty big deal. And so uh, trying to find, you know, new ways beyond just running ads during football games, which, as we all know, number one, people kind of TiVo through and or right. they're using it as their snack break. So I think the challenge has been how do you take this great opportunity where many, many eyeballs are, uh, you know, coming to the set and trying to find some other ways to put content into things that they really are going to watch and pay attention to. And we worked very collaboratively with the ESPN to say what, you know, what might be some platforms or ideas where we could, uh, you know, partner to make sure that we're, we're taking advantage of that. And, of course, the fantasy football was a terrific way to do that. We do a lot of NFL halftime uh, sponsorship, again, an area where there's rich content that people are trying to watch or catch up if they've just caught the game late. And having a presence there tends to be more effective for us than, um, you know, simply just having the ads alone. So, uh, you know, that's that's another great example of where we're trying to integrate into different types of programming. And uh, the NFL is, is also quite creative in their own marketing approaches, if you've looked at some of the ads that they've done under Phil Garacio's uh, reign at the NFL. They're pretty good marketers themselves, so they've been great partners. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it is. Uh, you guys really are a, a, a staid uh, commodity there with the NFL, and have been for many years. The effective, uh, effective product placement we talk a lot about uh, today. Effective is the key word there. Relevant, we'd like to say. In your opinion, uh, uh, in, well, not your opinion. What what are any plans that might be uh, offering in the horizon for Visa and product placement? What well, you know, we've done a, a number of things, uh, both within bigger films, uh, things like National Treasure, which came out, the Nick Cage movie, about two years ago. There was a scene where uh, it, basically he needed to pay for the uh, the Declaration of Independence, and he didn't have any money on him. Hmm. And so what happened was he pulled out his Visa card. We That's were also funny. in Bewitched, uh, where Samantha didn't have any money at the time, and she turned a playing card into a Visa card. And those are examples That's where great. you know we've got some sort of integrated content where you've got just a, a brand recognition moment within the film. We've done a similar thing on The Apprentice. We were kind of the payment mechanism on The Apprentice. So as they all went out to do their various tasks and bidding, um, then they would basically be able to pay for whatever they needed with their Visa card. I think that was kind of a trend for a while. Everyone got very hot on product placement. It's become so prevalent and so common that I think that alone may begin to wane as something that's particularly um, effective to go back to the effective and relevant. So I think merely putting your product in front of people isn't enough. It really has to be uh, either an example that really shows the product benefit or gives people a real reason why they would want to try the particular product. And I think we might see you know, a little bit of that uh, trending more towards how do we find uh, content to tie it together with that makes sense as opposed to just flashing yeah. brand well, folks. In the home improvement uh, industry as well, I think, and, and the, uh, the personal fix-it-up industry as well, you'll see somebody swipe the card uh, right. and, mm-hmm. and show a logo. Uh, which is interesting. Yeah, it is. And I think, you know, anytime you can show the product in, in uh, 
practice, so to speak. It's a good idea. Certainly, I, I think we both agree, Ray, that uh, point Suzanne makes uh, what was once novel is now commonplace, and it's lost yeah. its rel- uh, lost its uh, uniqueness, let's say. And you mentioned uh, Nicolas Cage. I saw a movie the other day on VOD uh, cable, and it's just really too bad that he's not uh, reaching out and playing any weird characters nowadays. I, mean, I know. I like some <laughs> of his crazy. No, I, 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 you know, if I see that he's going to be in a movie, I usually watch it, and it's usually yeah. a mind-bender. I can't remember what uh, the movie was. but m- Yeah, move on, uh, moving on here and staying with your, your new campaign. I know it's hard to predict that uh, – you know what your what your competitors are going to do, but do you do you expect uh, Amex and Mastercard to change any of their current uh, campaign strategy in order to adjust with Visa's new current campaign at all? Well, it's an interesting question because as we tested Life Takes Visa as a tagline, um, what one of the things people told us was that our other competitors probably couldn't own that space as well as we could, partly because of the fact you really can use the card in more places. But it's just more, it's, it's the dominant market leader. It's held by many more people. And there was a sense that perhaps it might push um, some of the competitors, notably Amex, a little bit away from the my life positioning. Because once you have life takes visa, uh, it, it begins to really kind of dominate that life space. MasterCard has obviously used a similar positioning with Priceless. It, it is also about um, special moments and times in people's lives. But uh, we actually think that we may be able to kind of uh, come in a little bit late to the game, if you will, with this life positioning, which is in and of itself not that unique, but own it uh, pretty completely and perhaps for some of our competitors to try to find other ways to um, make their, their messages resonate. So that remains to be seen, but it always helps when your name is in your tagline. So Life Takes Visa, I think we know that has already got surprisingly high awareness after only 12 weeks in the marketplace. And... Uh, we hope that'll help us kind of hold on to that life space, uh, maybe a little bit more tenaciously than others may be able to. Suzanne, believe it or not, we are out of time here. It's been uh, such a pleasure. Brad and I are enjoying our bottled water and my Mountain Dew uh, yeah. purchased with our Visa debit card. And we're going to oh, be getting. We appreciate there that. We we're getting, for your business. Well, thank you, and we'll be expecting those credits on our account very soon. <laughs> <laughs> we never did get a chance to ask her the question, but that's okay. Back in just a moment with more on the advertising show. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Stronger than dirt. That's pretty good when you can remember the brand, and they haven't even said their name, Stronger Than Dirt. It's new Ajax, Mm -hmm. and it's no longer new Ajax. It's old Ajax. And not to be confused with older than dirt which is a slang that people use when they're wanting to talk about an old-timer. Yeah, like us, right. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> we have uh, thanks uh, to Suzanne Lyons, CMO of VCUSA, and we look forward to, to bringing Alex Ben Block, a columnist with uh, Television Week magazine, uh, on the show next weekend as well. So yeah. we invite you to join us and tell your friends about theadvertisingshow.com as well. Yeah, it's been a while since we've had Alex on, and... Uh, Always a good time with Alex. Wanted to mention uh, Ray, kind of as a tribute to uh, Suzanne. Now that she's not there, she she was out of San Francisco, by the way. In case you want to know, yeah. uh, apparently San Francisco is getting closer to becoming the largest city in the country to offer free 
Wi-Fi. It's exactly right. Did, you, did we already talk about this? No. Yeah. Okay. You just knew that. Uh, San Francisco has picked Google and Earthlink uh, as contract lo- uh, negotiations between the city and the two companies can now start. The entire network is expected to cost at least $15 million, a tab that will be split by the two companies, which teamed up earlier this year to compete on bidding against one another. Google plans to offer a free Wi-Fi service, as you mentioned, with with uh, paid ads. But this is kind of confusing. I don't understand this. Atlanta-based uh, Earthlink will charge about twenty dollars per month for its Wi-Fi offering, which will be a uh, four to five, which will be four to five times faster than the free service. Well, who are they going to charge that? They're going to charge the city. Who's going to pay for that? I'm, I'm unclear yeah, about that's that. Yeah, kind of weird. But other cities that are trying to also build uh, free Wi-Fi networks, and I guess free or let's see, but uh, they include uh, Chicago and Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess what does that mean? Soon the uh, Starbucks and the others won't have anything special to offer. Or what it could mean <laughs> yeah. is that the homeless people can now use their laptops anywhere. right there on the intersection. Uh-huh. Right there, okay, out there. you know, good. it's like, uh, and they can just use their screen <laughs> and they change their message up every once in a while. I saw a guy the other day on a corner. He said that he didn't he, have a laptop, did he? No, but no. He, I guarantee you they will eventually have that. I think some have. Uh, I, I remember a long you time ago. Blackberry. A couple of years ago, I was sitting in front of a Starbucks having a coffee before coming and do the show, at least two years or maybe three years ago. And a homeless guy came up to me, and he wanted to know where he could get online access <laughs> at, uh, you know, just somewhere, a terminal kind of – and I directed him to uh, – I don't – you know, like a, a business services type company that at that time offered uh, right. online service. And I thought, well, Are you, you know, serious? He was, he was dead serious. So, you know, soon they'll have uh, cell phones and, uh, and laptops perhaps. But this guy had a, a – I was saying earlier, this guy had a, a sign. And uh, his sign read that he needed money uh, because his car had broken and he needed uh, tow service. And it was interesting because the car behind me in line Mm -hmm. was a tow truck. And so as he's walking up the line, I'm thinking, well, what's he going to do when he gets to this guy? Instead of money, it's like, just help me. So you know what he does? He does the the mouth thing where you put the two fingers up like, hey, got a cigarette? To the tow truck guy, because <laughs> you know, obviously, sometimes these people they're just making this up just well, of to, course they are. to give you a yeah. little different slant on why they need money. Right. I remember many years ago in being in New York City, it was around 1990. This guy had a sign, and it's commonplace now. But uh, mm-hmm. this guy had a sign that said, uh, uh, "Why lie? Need money for beer." For beer. <laughs> yeah. And uh, back in those days, it was novel. Yeah. So I think I gave him fifty cents or something for a Smittix. Well, yeah. <laughs> you need a buck and a half for that. Just join me in the bar. Come on in here. Yeah. Dust yourself off. Oh, that's funny. No. That's funny. Anyway. So Wi-Fi San Francisco, that's yeah. pretty cool. And Milwaukee and Chicago soon, I suppose. But I think it's a great idea, and maybe one day every city will have Wi-Fi. That's great. Free. It's scary is what it is. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. All right. <laughs> we can deal with that. Uh, let's see. Pfizer is advertising at Celebrex arthritis medicine again. Mm-hmm. Celebrex was off, and it, it, it's back now. It's back. Uh, after uh, U.S. regulators asked the world's largest drug maker, Pfizer, to suspend consumer marketing on the pill because of links to heart risks, wasn't there a one lawsuit here in our right, home market understand. of Houston where I, the lady won a whole bunch of money? How are they bringing it back? They like seven up. They took that one ingredient. Yeah, they out. took the less sodium. Yeah, <laughs> that'll help with your heart, no doubt about it. Well, Celebrex said that uh, had the girl on that with the skater, 
Dorothy Hamill, didn't didn't they promote have her? And then uh, they, maybe, yeah. And there was they had those elderly couples that would be dancing, and and then you know Celebrex. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Had, okay, yeah, yeah. Which is uh, I, I I don't know. It says uh, let's see, full page uh, color ads and magazines in the United States featured older men uh, waking up baseball, walking up baseball stadium stairs, holding a boy's hand. Uh, the marketer may spur overuse of the drug. Consumer groups, a U.S. congressman said last week, uh, Celebrex has not been pulled from the market. Its risk-benefit profile is controversial, and I question whether advertising the drug like this to consumers is good for the public health. So I don't really understand why they're back. Yeah, it was Vioxx that I was confusing with Dorothy Hamill, but the other Celebrex is the elderly couple dancing and all that stuff. I, I knew that. See, yeah. that's a good message, huh? Yeah. Back with uh, more on the advertising show in just a minute. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. You worked too hard, you ate too much, the cheesecake made you greedy, but your aching head and stomach hear this message from Old Speedy. Alka-Seltzer, plop, plop, fizz, fizz, oh, what a relief it is. We hope you don't need one after listening to the show today, uh, but uh, we hope you enjoyed it as well. Uh, Suzanne Lyons, our special guest, and CMO Visa USA, Alex Ben Block, is back with us. And Alex is always, uh, what was that? Alex is always a hoot here uh, on the advertising show, mm-hmm. columnist with uh, Television Week magazine. So we'll be uh, catching up on uh, what we did uh, since last time. <laughs> We're going to have to give him a hard time about uh, Katie Curry. That's right. He was wrong. Maybe we can go find that clip. He was wrong. Find Alex. that clip. Clip. Uh, Alex, listen to this clip real quick. Boom. <laughs> I think uh, Kirk will stay. She's staying at no. the Today Show. Uh, she will stay there for sure. Uh, no, she's not, Alex. Yeah. She's gone. Right. That's interesting, too, that change as well. So, uh, yeah. anyway. Well. We'll see. Whether you agree with the war or disagree with the war, that's okay. <laughs> but Andy Borowitz always puts a different spin on this. Listen to this. Hi, this is Andy Borowitz for The Advertising Show. And now, here's this week's feature from The Borowitz Report. In an effort to punish the government of Iran for its nuclear ambitions, the Pentagon announced this past week it was preparing to send one troop to Iran. The troop, Private John R. Kluzian, who is currently stationed at Fort Dix, could be deployed to Iran as early as next month, according to Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld. For Mr. Rumsfeld, who had been criticized for not sending sufficient troops to Iraq, the decision to send only one troop to Iran seemed guaranteed to create even more controversy. But the Defense Secretary used the better part of his Pentagon press briefing to explain that sending one troop, in this case Private Fujian, was more than enough to quell Iran's nuclear threat. The Army's recruitment ads, they talk about an army of one. Mr. Rumsfeld said, in the case of Iran, we're taking that literally. With U.S. troop levels stretched thin in Iraq and Afghanistan, sending Private Fujian to deal with Iran on his own may have been a necessity, military analysts believe. But Secretary Rumsfeld denied that by sending only one troop to Iran, he was fighting the war there on the cheap. I am fully prepared to send one additional troop to help with the reconstruction, he said. Mr. Rumsfeld said that he fully expected his latest military strategy to come under fire from his detractors, but he had stern words of warning for those who would criticize it. I would ask them to support our troop. 
This is Andy Borowitz, and this has been a special edition of the Borowitz Report from the Advertising Show. To read more reports or to receive daily email alerts, log on to BorowitzReport.com. This is Andy Borowitz saying, keep it fake, baby. It's the Advertising Show. Ray Schillen's Brad Forsyth. Uh, I like the concept. Uh, mm-hmm. An army of one. Mm-hmm. Poor guy. Klusian gets his own Humvee. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he orders out at McDonald's. Right. Uh, you know, he's he's got a, the life of Riley. All right, uh, haven't heard that term in a long time. No. Anyway, that's just one guy. That's, life O'Reilly. That's well, that used to be a TV show a long time ago. Did it? Yeah. Do you never don't remember that? No. One? Life Sounds, of Riley. Life yeah. of Riley. I guess it's called. I was busy watching uh, Sergeant Bilko. Oh, I love that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have, uh, as I said before, Alex Ben Block on next week. Um, you know, we, we're talking so much about uh, different uh, placement of, uh, of ad dollars. As Suzanne was saying, 10% of the uh, the marketing budget goes to uh, alternative media or new media, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Land Rover is doing something as well that way. Brad, right? mm-hmm. they're they're launching an internet channel for branded entertainment content. Uh, it's called Go Beyond TV. It claims to be the first automotive brand to use the web in such a fashion. Mm-hmm. Well, they like to be first. It's a great idea. Uh, the challenge is to bring the brand into the 21st century. It's about time. Using Internet as a medium. And uh, the Go Beyond TV initiative is led by Land Rover's agency partner, WPP. And uh, that uh, the, the WPP group's uh, Young and Rubicam brands. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Go Beyond TV we will also develop an online community wherein spectators uh, can start uploading their own adventures. Uh, he said the aspect of the webcast would reinforce the Land Rover message that breaking personal boundaries give one a sense of personal achievement. It makes you relook at yourself. So there we go. Wow. The online TV segments, real people living lives less ordinary with real life adventures. And I think that's going to be kind of cool. That's kind of you and me. So they're exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Uh, you know, before I forget, I wanted to mention this real quickly. A&E Networks announced that it has plans to launch high def simulcast on Labor Day weekend, which I think is kind of interesting. The network will preview the new high-def service uh, in June, but it won't introduce A&E high-def as a 24-7 network until September. The summer preview, which I think is an interesting concept, of uh, A&E HD will give uh, all of their satellites a taste of the of their favorite uh, high-quality A&E entertainment uh, in sharp, of course, high-resolution detail with with the HDTV. And uh, what's interesting about this is that uh, A&E's sister cable network, the History Channel, sure. will also uh, be offering as an HD net sometime in 07. I think one day everything, of course, will be HD, and we'll talk about the old days of uh, of uh, analog or what, it, what is it? Uh, well, it would be analog television, yeah. yeah. Well, it's going to go away. They, they've already, uh, uh, the FCC has already well, proclaimed yeah, that. They've moved being... the deadline a few times, but yeah, and, and it'll be, you know, they'll talk about analog television like they used to black and white days, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and I was looking for this uh, while you were talking, uh, and I can't find it. Um, I saw earlier today there was a, an article about uh, Clear Channel looking toward the digital Audio. HD radio. HD radio, mm-hmm. yeah, because what they're concerned about is losing market share, right. which they, they should to, be concerned to satellite. about. That. To satellite, right. exactly. Mm-hmm. And they're looking to uh, uh, to kind of, you know, juice that up a little bit it's as a great far idea. as digital radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's an opportunity for them to, for now, experiment a little bit with that, those channels because there's not a lot of receiving units out there. Exactly. And so it's a great place to experiment. Yeah, exactly. And the uh, Clear Channel is... 
definitely a, ahead of the curve, so yeah. to speak. So that's great. Mm-hmm. Thanks again to Suzanne Lyons of Visa and Alex Benblock, who is in the green room already. It's because we have a free buffet, you see. No, yeah. I'm joking. Alex. All of his favorites. A, it's uh, Alex Benblock next week on the Advertising Show. And uh, in the meantime, go visit theadvertisingshow.com, which you'll find are a bunch of... Uh, uh, well, obviously a bunch of archived shows and the opportunity to link up with uh, a lot of folks uh, in the marketing and advertising industry globally. Uh, and it's at theadvertisingshow.com. The podcast, the RSS feeds are all there for you as well. So it's, it's kind of a cool place to go. And uh, we uh, will see you back uh, here next week, same time, here at theadvertisingshow.com. Being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. And you can visit them online at adage.com. We encourage you to do so. This is a Big Radio Midgets production. <laughs>